Hi, I'm Amanda, and it is what it is. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to It Is What It Is. This is Amanda back at it again with a solo episode. Um, You may or may not have seen the post if you follow me on Instagram or the podcast Instagram anyway. Um, I'm starting to release episodes on Sunday night and I posted that early last week and then I forgot about it and now it's Sunday night. So this episode is coming to you um, unedited. (laughs) Uh, and you know what? It is what it is. And this, I mean, they're all vulnerable, but this one's going to be a little vulnerable for me. It's, uh, it's hard for me to talk about the things I'm struggling with without giving myself shit for struggling in the first place. Uh, and I've been really working on meeting myself with love and compassion and understanding. And, um, the other thing is I'm trying to not put off doing episodes because I don't have like completed notes for them. So for this one, I have some notes, but I'm also going to like go a little off script and be a little loosey goosey, try that out, see how that goes. So if you're a frequent listener, um, you know, one of 15 of you, let me know what you think. I, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying different things with this um, and seeing what happens. But before we get into the episode itself, I'm going to do a book pull and we're going to go back to Warrior Goddess Wisdom because it's been a minute. And that was like the OG book that Tina and I would pull from in the beginning. So let's see. Wow. Um, okay. So I don't think I've mentioned this on here before, but my copy of warrior goddess wisdom, I pull from not every day. I have a couple books I cycle through. Um, but when I do pull from it, I note the date. And so I haven't pulled, I've, I've read this before for myself personally, but I have not pulled this page since October 21st of 21. So several months ago, getting rid of clutter. I'm sorry get rid of clutter and you may find that it was blocking the door you've been looking for. That's a quote from Katrina Meyer. So often decisions overwhelm us because there are many multiple actions we can take. Which one is right? Which path will reflect my heart's desire? In order to see all doorways of potential, we need to unclutter the view. Physical and mental clutter often piles up because we are resisting letting go of our shoulds and our some days. Today, Make some simple decisions to let go or take one step forward. Recycle the cracked phase. Give away old clothes. And drop any ideas that you should be any other way than how you are right now. Once this is done, you will have a clear view of the millions of doorways open to you. And the action for today. 
Sometimes when your mind is cluttered, it helps to clear out your physical space. Tidying up your desk, putting away the dishes, folding the laundry, all good ways to put your brain to work, which can bring inspiration on how to declutter your internal space as well. And so when I read this back in October, I underlined, we are resisting letting go of our shoulds and our somedays. It's very timely for this episode. You'll see why. Drop any ideas that you should be any other way than how you are right now. Underline that as well. And then at the bottom, I wrote, your physical space is a reflection of your internal space. And so this is timely for a lot of reasons. Reason number one is because I spent pretty much all day yesterday blasting music in my apartment, which I'm sure my neighbors appreciated, and just cleaning the bejesus out of my space. And you know, as I'm reading this, Uh, now the one thing I did not get to that I wanted to get to was, um, my, my craft room workspace, second bedroom is clean, but it is very unorganized. And, you know, I, I've been saying for a while that my creativity has kind of been offline and that's okay. That happens. I'm learning that happens and that's okay. But Um, I have been thinking about how, like, if I organize that space, even just a little bit, um, might make creating a little bit easier. And I didn't get to that yet. So I am committing to spending a little bit of time after I post this episode to do that. (sighs) Speaking of the episode, let's get into it. Um, I'm going to start by talking about... I'm going to start off by talking about a pretty big realization that I had in therapy the other week. And um, it was the product of my therapist kind of helping me reframe something that I've been really struggling with lately. And what I've been struggling with is getting caught in this loop of comparing myself to others. And uh, one of my mom's favorite quotes is comparison is the thief of joy. And it is, it truly is. And there's, you know, there's this disconnect between my brain and what my mind is telling me and the way that I feel. And this disconnect is not unusual for me, not just as it relates to this specifically, but really just in general. Um, but I think I've been feeling the weight of my 30th birthday as it gets closer and closer. It's about a month away now. And, um, logically I know it's just a birthday and it doesn't have to mean anything, but emotionally I've been feeling some shame about where I am in my life. And I, I appear outwardly as pretty high functioning, right? Like I have my own apartment, I have two dogs, I have a decent job. I make decent money. Um, But on the inside, there's still a lot of conflict going on. Um, I'm I'm, I'm working on it. I think I'm doing a pretty good job working on it. But uh, I don't know. I just... I get caught up in seeing where other people my age are at. And then I get caught up in feeling bad about myself and feeling bad for myself. And the funny thing is I've never really been very future oriented. Like I'm, I'm able to recognize that I've been using this sort of 
societal yardstick to measure my success. And this, this kind of turmoil that's been going on for me is, is much more about where I think I should be rather than where I want to be. Um, and I, I've shared this with some people before. Don't know that I've shared it on the podcast, but I, I always like had this belief that I wasn't going to make it to 30 and not necessarily 30 specifically, but I just didn't think I was going to live a very long time. And that wasn't, that wasn't the product of any kind of, um, suicidal thoughts necessarily. Not that I haven't had those in the past, but I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I don't know. It's just this like underlying belief that I'm not going to live very long. And it's caused me to create a lot of problems for my future self thinking I wouldn't be here and that wouldn't be a problem. And I don't really, I can't really explain it other than that. And I, I want to make it very clear. I am okay. <laughs> this is, this is just kind of like a, uh, back of my mind kind of thing that I've always had. And, um, I've actually been reading this book. It's called the loss that is forever. And I meant to grab it. Um, but it's, it's about, I, I, I don't know what the author is, but it's the loss that is forever and something about the effects of early loss of a parent. I'm butchering the title. Anyway, that's what it's about losing a parent earlier in life. And part of what this book talks about, and I'm having to read it very slowly because it's, it's a lot to digest. Um, but losing a parent at a young age can actually cause this kind of thinking. Um, but anyway, that's a tangent for another day. So anyway, I've just kind of caught myself comparing myself and my experience to that of others a lot lately. And, uh, you know, like one of my good friends just had a baby and most of my friends are at least partnered, if not married with children. And I'm about to turn 30 and I'm freshly divorced. And I thought I would have all those things by now. And there's part of me that's feeling really sad that I don't have those things. And I just want to acknowledge that for a second because I'm feeling like emotion sort of that I'm feeling that sadness sort of well up. Like I can feel it in the back of my throat. And this is one of the reasons why I do this podcast is because this is part of, you know, the, the notes I had written down and it, and it wasn't causing a reaction in my body just to write it down, to type it up. But as I'm saying this out loud and it's causing that reaction in my body, like that tells me like, yeah, this, this really is a source of pain for me. And yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, if I think back on the, the version of me that was, uh, you know, getting engaged and planning a wedding and, um, even getting to that point in the first place with, with my, my ex-husband, like I, there was almost this kind of panicky feeling of like, I need, just need to get this done and have this behind me. And I don't know that I'm explaining it very well here in this, in this moment, but, um, it's almost like I thought that if I had that, if I, if I was married and, and had a husband and ultimately had children, like, then I would be okay. 
And what I've learned over the last year (laughs) is that if I'm not okay, or at least able to like be there for myself through my experiences and, and handle whatever comes up in a, at least a somewhat healthy way. Like if, if I'm not okay with myself, then I'm not, I'm not going to be okay with any of those things. Like they're not going to fix anything for me. Just, you know, I've, I've briefly mentioned here and there, my issues with spending, like that's not going to do it either. Trying to fill a hole inside of me, buying things, that's not going to do it either. I got to give all this shit to myself. Anyway, so there's that part of me that's feeling very sad about it. That I don't have these things and I thought I would have these things by now. Even though I have that part of me that didn't think I would make it very long into adulthood. It's just, it's exhausting to be in my brain. And so there's this other part of me that's questioning why I want these things in the first place. And if I actually want all of that. And as I sit here today, I I do believe I want to have a, a partner in life. And I do believe that I want to have children someday. Um, definitely not ready for the children right now which is fine because <laughs> I'm with no one. So can't, can't really physically do that on my own uh, without a whole shit ton of money. Anyway, this uh, many tangents are happening here. This, this is what happens when I don't take notes and follow notes. Anyway, I was sharing this with my therapist and uh, just how I've been feeling behind And feeling a lot of shame about where I am in my life. And again, using that societal yardstick to measure my success and and where I am rather than defining success for myself. So I'm talking to this, talking to her about this. And, you know, first she, she validated those feelings and reminded me that what I was feeling was totally normal and okay and valid. But then she asked me to consider where I would be had I not made some of the decisions I've made over the past year or so. Who would I be today in this moment sitting here recording this podcast had I not left my ex-husband? Who would I be today if I had not gone back to therapy? Who would I be today if I had not filed a complaint against my tyrant of supervisor? And in the moment, I I feel like my response to this was a little underwhelming, but as I have allowed this to settle and simmer, I'm I'm like, damn, that's true. And, And that this has been like a huge shifter for me because not only does it apply to who I am right now in this moment, but it also applies to my future self. Who could I be if I did X, Y, Z? Or who could I be or who will I be if I don't? If I, if I change nothing about myself, I will be exactly where I am sitting here today or worse, probably, right? So yeah, I have these moments where I think I should be somewhere else in life. But if I haven't, if I hadn't left my ex-husband, I would probably still be with him, still unhappy, still stuck in the same cycle of abuse. 
if I hadn't gone back to therapy and really started taking it seriously, I wouldn't have made all this progress. If I hadn't filed that complaint, I would probably still be falling over myself to be liked by all those mean girls. And I would probably still be a mean girl myself because I was. And I wouldn't realize that I want to make connections based on people liking me for me and not what they think I can do for them. I certainly wouldn't be sitting here recording a podcast, especially not by myself. Sitting here talking about my, my experiences, that would definitely not be a thing. And you know what? Here, here's another uh, realization that's kind of happening in this moment. Like, I'm surprised I haven't put this together before now, but I, like many others, made the declaration that 2020 was going to be my year. And I was going to leave all the bullshit behind in the previous decade. And I would spend the year just thriving. Uh, And until now, I've been of the belief that 2020 was one of the worst years of my life. My marriage ended. The pandemic started and derailed a lot of plans I wanted to make. My official graduation from uh, ceremony from graduate school never happened because of COVID. Uh, Because of the complaint that I filed, I was treated like shit at work every single day. And just going to work every day caused an immense amount of anxiety. And in a lot of ways, 2020 was one of the worst years of my life. I think it was for a lot of us. But I realize now that it it was my year. All those decisions that I mentioned, leaving my ex-husband, filing that complaint, going back to therapy, all those things happened in 2020. My spiritual awakening and my journey back to myself, that started in 2020. And I didn't know how to thrive in 2020. I don't know that I know how to thrive in 2022, but we're working on it. Uh, I, But I think up until that point, my life was just very getting along to get along and doing what I thought I was supposed to do and never really stopping to ask myself, is this what I want? It was survival not thriving because because my decisions as I've mentioned several times on this podcast were based on keeping people not disappointing people not being abandoned how could I possibly thrive when that was my main agenda so you know shout out to 2020 And shout out to 2020 Amanda, the one that made all of those really difficult decisions despite a serious lack of self-worth and confidence. Like, she's the real MVP. And I really, like, I'm going to take a moment, really, to just have gratitude for her because I think when when I filed that complaint, I was still very unsure about myself, but what I knew was that I was not I was not in alignment with myself. I was not being myself. I was not a mean girl. I didn't want to bully people after I'd been bullied my entire life. Um and I and I was I was operating with a with information that came from primarily from this this supervisor uh, that was doing very shady very unethical, borderline illegal things. And uh, 
I just like, I didn't stop to question any of that, you know? And, um, you know, I had done, I had done enough work in therapy to get me to the point where I was able to leave my ex-husband. And, and this actually came up, um, the other day for me, I was thinking about just all the times that he would cheat on me and I would have a reaction. I would, I would, uh, panic, uh, anger, sadness, rage, sometimes just have a very strong reaction to him cheating on me again, which is again, totally valid. It's normal to have a reaction when someone cheats on you and betrays you. And I'm not saying that, uh, every time or, or possibly any of the times that I had those reactions that I was, you know, expressing those emotions and feelings in a healthy way. Um, I I would certainly dump that fear of, of him leaving me all over the place. But I would sit with that for 30 seconds before I was like, Oh fuck. I, I need to apologize. Like he might leave me. What if he leaves me? And what came up for me the other day is that like, it took me such a long time to get out of that place because we went through this at at least once or twice a year, if not more for all the years that we were together, there was some, some kind of bullshit, but it took me such a long time to make that shift from, Oh fuck. What if he leaves me to, Oh fuck. I can leave him. I don't have to stay here for this. And really when I left, it was more so I can't, like, I can't do this anymore. I can't stay here for this. And I, I didn't really know how I was going to do it. I just knew I had to do it. And I could not be in that place anymore. I could not keep going through that anymore. I don't, I don't know even if that point, at that point, I knew I deserved better. I just, it was that bad that I, I couldn't do it anymore. And so just with the, I had the teeny tiniest little sense of hope (laughs) that at least being alone would be better than that. And I, and I barely believed that at the moment, but that was enough to get me out of there. And who would I be if I hadn't done that? You know, who would I be? I've at this point, um, this came up po- quite possibly in the same therapy session. Um, I went to write a letter at work and pulled up the letterhead and realized the last time I used the letterhead was this time last year when I was requesting to adjust my schedule so that I can go to therapy once a week. So I've been going to weekly therapy for a year, over a year at this point as I'm recording this. Who would I, who would I be if I hadn't written that letter and stuck up for myself and asked for that schedule change um, and was very clear and concise about like, here's how it won't affect my work and all that good stuff. Like, you know, who would I be right now? And I'll never know for sure, which I guess is a good thing, but I am, I'm, I'm grateful for that shift and I am grappling sort of with that now, even like if I don't make changes, I will be right where I am this time next year. And I want to keep growing and I want to keep learning. And 
that's what I'm going to keep doing one, one day at a time, one step at a time. (sighs) All right. So I want to reel it back into this comparison for just a moment. Um, There was a time when I had a really hard time being happy for other people. Um, It's better now. I still struggle with it sometimes, but it used to be all the time. Like I, I got very triggered by other people's happiness and I got really jealous. And I've realized a few things about this. The first thing is something I've mentioned before a few times on this podcast. And this is one of my like go-to coping mechanisms, I guess, is that there's, there's space for more than one thing to be true. I didn't realize that I could be happy for my friends, family, whoever was having some sort of happiness in their life and also feel some sadness or grief around my own experience. And, uh, and that I was able, that I could be happy and present for them in the moment, despite that sadness and grief about my own experience. My happiness and the happiness of others are not mutually exclusive. And to take that a step further, just because other people have things that I want, or I think I want, or whatever, it doesn't mean I can't have those or that I won't have them. It just means I don't have them right now. It doesn't have to be one or the other. All of this is allowed to exist at the same time. And so that's this shift in thinking from uh, really very end of the world and everything sucks and whatever, like more than one thing can be true at the same time. And, uh, that's very helpful for me because it it helps me not only manage my shit, but it helps me have compassion for the experiences of other people as well. Um, that it can be true. I'm trying to think of an, an example on the fly and it's not coming to me, but anyway, that that's just been very important for me is to be able to hold more than one thing to be true at the same time. And, uh, sort of getting out of this right and wrong, good and bad. And just allowing whatever it is to be, to be. It is what it is. It's the name of the podcast, right? There's one last thing that I want to touch on before I wrap up here. And it's an experience that I had this past week that was sort of the product of this comparison bullshit and also the loneliness that comes along with it. So there is this guy that I've known since middle school. Uh, We were introduced by a mutual friend. Never actually met in person, but we've... um, we video called, but don't anybody go thinking I'm getting catfished. I've seen, you know, we've been on videos before, phone calls before. We've come very close to meeting each other in person. Uh, stood, he stood me up at least once, sort of a, like, I'm on the way. And then just never showed up. And so uh, just this person has... Um, It's sort of been like when he's single, I'm with somebody. And when I'm with somebody, 
or when he's with somebody, I'm single and um, the timing has never been right. Uh, but I, but I think, I, I do believe that we have at least some sort of emotional connection. I mean, that's a long time to know somebody. And, um, we used to talk a lot more when we were a little younger and like in college and things like that. So just like a consistent friend and a consistent possibility if there were different circumstances. However, uh, several months ago, we, you know, we just kind of pop in and out of each other's lives. And he popped back in at one point, found out he had a girlfriend. I told him I didn't feel good about talking to him because he had a girlfriend. And also that like, at this point, I'm, I'm pretty done being a second option for somebody. <laughs> so, you know, don't, don't come at me expressing your feelings when you have a girlfriend. I'm not, I'm not available for that basically. And so he disappeared again, only to pop up again this week when I was feeling particularly low. And uh, he is no longer in a relationship. So there's that at least. But I just, um, I've come to the conclusion that this is not like, this is not a connection that is adding value to my life anymore. And I came to that conclusion several months ago. But I, I fell right back into uh, this pattern with him. And it was nice to talk to him in the moment. Um, it's nice to have someone to talk to. Someone that, ex- that was expressing interest in me. But almost immediately after this this conversation ended, I felt like shit. And I felt like shit because of what I just said, that I, I know this is not a connection that adds value to my life. I know this is someone that only shows up to, to drain me <laughs> and then leave again. <laughs> That's not, this is not what we're doing in 2022, okay? So I started off the day this, we had, we talked at night and then I went to sleep and then I woke up and had to go to work. And I was just in this massive shame spiral. And on the way to work, um, I, I have, I, I have breakfast at my office. I eat breakfast when I get there, but on the way to work, I was scanning for fast food places. Where could I get breakfast? Like just, I haven't really shared this before with anyone, let alone on a public platform, but you know, I, I really struggle with emotional eating and the desire to not eat my oatmeal at work and get a greasy hash brown and a McGriddle or whatever was just real strong. And I knew, I just, I knew I was, I was scanning and I was looking and all right, if I, you know, if I go here, I'm going to be late, but whatever. And, and, and I made it to work without stopping because I knew that this compulsion was emotionally driven and I made it through most of my day. And then I had to leave early for a doctor's appointment and I went to the doctor's appointment. It was specifically a dermatologist appointment. 
And I realized in the middle of my checkup there that the dermatologist like checking me out for any possible signs of whatever was the most, that's the most that I've been touched by any person like in a long time. Whew, I got emotional talking about it in therapy. I'm getting emotional again now. And that, that was the breaking point. I made it through the whole day. Even my coworker was like, hey, I'm going to order lunch. Do you want some? I said no, because I had packed lunch. I made it through the whole day. But that, that dermatologist thing really sent me over the edge. And like, she barely touched me. And I still like, you know, just whatever, lifting under my bra straps, making sure there's nothing suspicious there. Like, that was it. And even just that, like, whew, I had to get out of there. And when I did get out of there, I passed Zaxby's and pulled into the drive-thru. And at, even as I was sitting there, I pulled up and the lady was like, hey, give me just a minute. And there was a very loud voice in my head that was like, you can still drive away. You haven't ordered your food yet. You don't have to do this. And then the other voice in my head, one of many, was like, fuck it. I'm getting Zaxby's. And I got it. And I, I just, I'm, I'm at this point now where a lot of my coping mechanisms, like they, they don't work like they used to. And while it did like eating the food felt good, I felt like shit after just like I had having this conversation with this guy. (sighs) And then I came home and I had about an hour between therapy or between, you know, the time I got home and the time I had to uh, be in therapy on my Zoom appointment or whatever. And I got out of my car and it was fucking beautiful outside. And I was like, I'm going for a walk. And I realized as I was taking this walk, um, a couple things. I was sort of reflecting over <laughs> the events of that 24 hours. And first thing I realized is that I went for the walk because I knew it would make me feel good. And I knew that it was good for me and not because I was punishing myself for the food choice that I made that day. Because I had eaten the lunch that I packed and then I ate a whole other meal just an hour or two later. I went for the walk because it was good for me and I knew it would make me feel good. And not because I had to burn the calories and not because I had to make up for what I had done. Just because I wanted to do something nice for myself and and. So I was struck by how easily that came. And then as I was walking, I was thinking about how I just, I I was able to have compassion for myself for not only for falling into the trap of talking to this guy, but also for falling into the trap of getting the food. And, and just telling myself that that was okay. Instead of telling myself, like, how could you do this and whatever, like whatever shit. And I'm not even going to say it out loud now because I'm not. But just really being nice to myself and not making myself feel bad for doing something that already made me feel bad. And I was on a walk and I was doing that to be nice to myself 
and having that realization was um, a little overwhelming that I had almost automatically chosen to do something kind for myself, even though I had just done two things that were not ultimately good for me and kind for me. And that doesn't, (laughs) that hasn't really ever come naturally for me. It's, it's always, um, I would say like for compulsive things, like for shopping or buying shit, like I, I could easily be like, this is doing something nice for myself and go get a pedicure and whatever the fuck. But that was actually just trying to like fill a hole with stuff or things. But this was just genuinely, it is a beautiful day outside. It was 70 degrees in, in, in February. The sun is shining. I'm going to go outside and walk and breathe in the fresh air and listen to music that makes me happy. And that's a huge deal for me that that came so naturally. That is a huge deal for me. And that is a huge sign of my progress. And the other thing that I've, I realized through this whole experience is how holding on to things that are not meant for me anymore is keeping me from experiencing the things that are. And this, this connection with this person may have served me at some point. Um, and if I'm being totally honest, like, I don't, I don't even think it felt that good while we were talking. I like, I, I knew I was aware of what was happening and I let myself do it anyway, just like I did with the Zaxby's. I was like, no, I'm, I know, I know what I'm doing and I'm going to do it anyway. So I have the awareness now and that awareness doesn't go away. I've talked about that before. Like once you're aware of your bullshit, you can't be unaware of your bullshit. You just either continue to do the same things or you choose something different. And, uh, Anyway, what I'm trying to say here is that I, I have seen instances, and this was one of them, where I am just gripping so tightly to things that connect me to the old version of myself, the version of me that was not aware. And I got to let go of some of these things because they are not adding value to my life. And which brings me to my last point, which is... These moments where we slip up, where we choose the old way, again, bringing it back to this podcast and the purpose of this pod, one of the main purposes of this podcast and the cover art is you will be faced with these two different roads all day, every day. Am I going to do the old thing or am I going to do something different? Trusting that I don't really know what's going to come from doing this different thing, but I, but I can't do it this old way anymore. And sometimes you're going to choose that old way. And in the beginning, you're going to choose that old way a lot of the time. And that is okay. It does not take away from all the progress you've made. I'm really, I'm talking to all of you, but I'm talking to myself right now too. Because out of this whole experience, I realized like it was okay. It was okay. And that beating myself up was not going to change what happened. It was not going to make it any better. It was only going to make me feel worse. And so I can just take that information, see what caused me to do the things that I did, 
for talking to him, it was the loneliness and wanting to connect with someone comfortable and familiar. And for the food, it was, it was just all that. It was all the fucking, the shame and the guilt and all that, that, that led me to want to eat and not just eat. I want to be clear on that too. Like I, I believe that I should be nourishing my body and not, not suppressing emotions with food. That's what I mean there. So what I'm trying to say, excuse me, is that there was a version of me that existed not that long ago that any mistake, any backslide, any failure was a sign to give up entirely. But now that I'm able to have that compassion for myself, that understanding, it's the slip ups. It's part of it. It's, it's part of this whole process. The point of this healing journey is not to wake up one day and and suddenly be a whole different human who's free from all their old patterns and beliefs. It's just to take it one day at a time and to know that these mistakes or slip ups, they add to your level of awareness and you can make a choice differently next time if you choose to. And if you don't, if you go back to the old way or the old thing or the old whatever the fuck, that's okay too. <sighs> and uh, I saw something that one of my friends posted on Facebook today that said if, if something, I'm going to butcher it because I don't have my phone in front of me, but um, if sobriety isn't working, try recovery instead. And even though I don't struggle with drug or alcohol addiction, very obviously I'm addicted to food. (laughs) Because when I eat, especially like greasy, fatty, whatever, it does the same thing for me and my brain and my body that I think drugs and alcohol do for other people. It's that soothing (laughs) that, you know? I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, if sobriety isn't working, try recovery instead. And that's not exactly how it's worded, but it's close enough. But if you're thinking about it in the context of drugs and alcohol, um, and you slip up and you relapse, you might want to just give it all up and throw it away and be like, fuck it, I can't do this. But those slip ups are part of recovery. And for me, my recovery is, uh, is from, I mean, food's part of it. Just recovering from all of these maladaptive coping mechanisms that I've had, that I have developed. And, um, I'm not articulating this very well. But what I'm trying to say is like, the point is not to never have bad feelings. The point is not to never fuck it up ever again. The point is not to never choose the old thing or slip up. It's a a process of recovery. And sometimes those things happen and that's okay. And I am learning to meet myself with compassion and understanding when those things happen rather than beat myself up. And I hope that you will too. And to 
reel it in and bring it back to this, this topic of comparison. Again, I'm speaking to all of you, but I'm speaking to me too. Like whatever, whatever your journey looks like, whatever your process and whatever looks like, it's, it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's all unfolding exactly as it's meant to. Even when it's messy, even when you feel like you can't do it anymore. Even if it doesn't look like what it should look like or even what you want it to look like in the moment. Your process and your life and your experience, it's beautiful and it's perfect. And just because it doesn't look like someone else's path or process doesn't mean it's wrong, doesn't mean it's bad, doesn't mean you're behind, doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. (sighs) Yeah. And I need to tell myself that more because even that's bringing up some emotion. I'm just like, (sighs) I'm becoming this person where my emotions come up and I don't immediately go, nope, not doing that. Turn it off. Shut it off. And that saying, there's nothing wrong with you, that that brought up some emotion for me. So I know that's something I need to, to continue to work on, that belief that something is fundamentally wrong with me. And I don't have any cards today, but I am feeling like doing a finishing book pool. And I'm feeling like it should come from Fresh Peace, which is, of course, on the bottom of my stack of books. But it's right here. Let's see. All right. Here we go. Book pull from Fresh Peace to to leave you with this. This morning, as you stretch your waking body, hopefully you will stretch your waking spirit. Wash it in a clean basin of purification and say to yourself, today I will speak only sacred words in my mind, throughout my heart and across my lips. Today I will reject the seduction of anger, ugliness, prejudice, and judgment. I will devote my life in this place between sunrise and moonrise to practicing new habits that lift me to new altitudes of beauty and lovingness. I will mend my heart with a thread and needle of meditation upon compassion. I will remember why I'm here in the world to be love and I will forget the hurtfulness that this world encourages me to be. I will walk the ground on this day with light and loving footsteps upon earth, planting seeds of hope everywhere I go. And that is just a beautiful place to end it. And on that note, shout out to Jess Walker for the cover art. Shout out to Doug Halliday for the music. Shout out to me for showing up and doing this. This one, this one was hard to do. This is hard. Some of these things are hard to talk about and shout out to those of you that continue to show up and listen. And it would mean a whole lot to me if you would leave me a five-star review on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you listen to the things that allow you to leave reviews. Um, It's, it's one of my goals for this year to grow this podcast, to reach more people and to connect with more people. 
and um, having those five stars reviews will help me do that. And on that note, I will see you next time. Bye.